the blast from our past network. Supernatural, Halloween, exploitation, slashers, and everything in between. Welcome to the Podcasting After Dark Watch List, the show where a guest chooses a topic and the hosts, along with the guest, discuss their top five favorites. Light a candle, hide your Ouija board, and enjoy the Podcasting After Dark Watch List. What's up, everybody? Happy New Year's. Your old pal Corey here, a.k.a. Sleazy C, one half of the Podcasting After Dark team. Zach is not here today, but I am joined by an amazing podcaster, Max, from the Ready to Retro podcast. What is up, buddy? Hey, I'm so happy to be here, man. I know we've been talking about this for months, but uh, it's it's just a, a thrill to be here on Podcasting After Dark. Dude, I've been on your show, uh, the Day of, uh, Day of the Dead episode yeah. uh, for October, and uh, Chelsea was d- did a watch list with me way back in the day when you guys were 88 miles per hour. So, That's correct. Yeah, and she plugged it as, you know, obviously because you guys didn't know that you were going to become, you know, ready to retro. Right. And so I was like, man, all last year I was like, I, I got to get those guys on, and you guys have been just plugging away at the content, just producing some awesome awesome shows and you know i mean from one content producer to another my hat's off to you guys over there you put out a great year in 2020 hey i appreciate that no i really do man um yeah we were not expecting ready to retro to happen or to be born but you know uh 2020 gave us something new and we took the opportunity and we ran with it it's actually just you know it's just been such a, a thrill and just been uh, amazing just to see where the show has gone in these last couple months, and uh, especially just the amazing people we've met along the road. Uh, you are included in that, absolutely. And it's funny because I know on the Scrooged episode that you did with Adam and John from yeah. Blast from Our Past, you know, you talked, asked them both like what they love about podcasting, and you asked me too. And it's, 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 you know, it's all the people that that we meet and everything. And this is. Truly case in point, I was looking at my January schedule. I'm just going to give you some inside baseball here. I was looking at my (laughs) January schedule, and I had an open week, and I was like, well, shit. You know, like, first off, bad for me for for scheduling. You know, that's a scheduling faux pas. Like, I should have just scheduled something. But I was like, you know what? This is good. Let me me get, you know, Max in here from Ready to Retro. But I was like, damn, I don't want it to be, like, under pressure type of thing. But – you're as the fucking professional you are. You were like, and I talked to you yesterday. You're like, yep, I'll be on tomorrow. I was like, bro, that's freaking awesome. So like, and it's it just kind of reminded me. It reinforced what what you know Adam and John mentioned and what I said. It's just holy crap. Like you you know like we have these friends now, these yeah. other professional podcasters that you can be like, yo, let's let's do this, let's do that, and you know sync up and everything. And again, I do want to apologize on air and say I did not want it to be under like a pressure sort of thing. And I do appreciate you just being like, yeah, bro, I'll be there. I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. No pressure at all. No, I uh, I've been in that situation before, so you know that's part of being a community. It's there's no obligations or no strings you know pulled or anything like it's like hey man yeah i i i want to be a part of this absolutely i just it it sounds like fun and when you pitched the idea back in uh september when you were on 
for uh, Day of the Dead. I kind of already had it in the back of my mind, kind of <laughs> like the, the top five list. So uh, we'll get into it a little later, but it was a lot harder than uh, I anticipated, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was. So so why don't you tell us what, uh, what it is, because you picked it. And uh, so, yeah, tee it up for us and let us know. And then we can talk about how sort of difficult it was to for figure sure. out. So, uh, you know, Ready to Retro is just a nostalgic podcast. And we go into a lot of just what was awesome about the 80s and 90s, toys, video games. We mostly focus on movies, sometimes TV shows. So for me, you know, growing, I, I was born in 1990. So I grew up in the 90s and the 2000s where, you know, cable was rampant. Um, and then, you know, things started to ha- uh, be created like Netflix and things like that, on-demand stuff. So I watched a lot of movies. I watched a lot of stuff. Uh, but what really gravitated, or where I gravitated towards, was the uh, the '80s kind of trash stuff, like perfect for your podcast, right? So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just yeah. just the things that it's like you know you, you don't show to all your friends because you know your friends are gonna make fun of it or like, hey, this this sucks. I'm like, yeah, it sucks, but isn't it amazing? So yeah. <laughs> um, the list, all to say, is this is going to be the top five movies that have a rotten score on Rotten Tomatoes prior to the year 2000. So there's with a the, lot of... With a th- horror spin, right? Yes, excuse me. Yes, with a horror spin. So these are right. uh, specifically horror. So that's a lot of caveats, but it's a very specific and a very awesome list, I have to say <laughs> so myself. And so what I, I took that idea, and in my head, uh, first off, I said, okay, I am not going to do pick anything that I've reviewed on Podcasting After Dark, because as scrolling through the list, I'm like, oh, most everything we do on Podcasting After Dark has a rotten score <laughs> on Rotten Tomato. So as like, it okay. should. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and wear it, we wear it proudly, you know? And uh, so I was like, okay, nothing I've, I've we've reviewed on Podcasting After Dark, um, although I have one that we're going to review. So that this statement might actually be irrelevant moving forward. Um, and then I... I slid the slider down to like zero to 20%. So I didn't even go past, I don't even, um, yeah, I think 15% is like my highest. Amazing. Uh, I can't wait. (laughs) And although I will say, I will say by doing so, even though I did select horror, I did pick one in actually a couple of them. Like, I don't know. They're not like fully horror, but you know, we'll discuss it and everything, but they are rotten according to Rotten Tomatoes. Fantastic. (laughs) <laughs> yeah for me i was just like man this is this is hard and i was thinking into like my brain like oh basket case that has to have a rotten score look it up what the heck is 76 like you know so i was like having a few movies that i'm like that has to have a rotten score and they ended up you know not being rotten so i'm like all right because well. what what does rotten tomatoes do for for movies that came out pre-internet i guess they they grab the all the reviews they put them in but then they they dictate whether that is a rotten like a fresh or a rotten score then right right so i'm not like don't quote me on this but as what i'm observing is there's like maybe 15 to 20 reviews and you know a lot of it was like early internet like 2005 2000 like early rotten tomatoes and it looks like they just grabbed the score and averaged them so you know a lot of the movies that came out in the, you know the 70s 80s 90s they didn't have like the star system like we do now yeah. there wasn't a, yeah. a whole lot of reviewers so 
Um, I think that's why a lot of these movies skew a little higher because if if a reviewer is going to review it, it's probably going to be because they like it. Yeah, if if somebody is now going to review Basket Case, it's probably going to be skewed towards the liking it factor. Of right. It. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's not a lot of movies we don't like on on podcasting after dark. Uh, probably the biggest one that we both walked away from not liking was uh, Cyborg. <laughs> we, right, right. <laughs> I was like, that one, I thought I had more nostalgic love for it than I did. <laughs> well, I will say about this list, it's like, it's easy to praise good movies, and it's really easy to, like, hate bad movies, right? But to appreciate kind of the bottom of the barrel, now that's difficult. And that I mean, needs you and me, Corey. That that's a job for you and me, man. I was gonna say, dude, that's literally what we do over here, man. That's uh, <laughs> right up our alley, dude. I love it. I love it. Now, I do want to ask you really quick because yeah. you guys did such an awesome job in October and in December for both your Halloween themed uh, shows and your Christmas themed shows. And so I want to know. Um, by the way, the production values on your episodes are fantastic. Appreciate I love that, the jingle that you, the the poem, the the Christmas jingle thing you did <laughs> as an ad for for the for the Christmas stuff. That was great. But what I want to ask is, what's your favorite holiday, Halloween or Christmas, of the two? I would say as a kid, it was probably Christmas. But as I'm getting older, Halloween. There's there's just something about Halloween where I think the creativity. Um, beyond like the horror movies. So like now as an adult, I'm part of a neighborhood block party for every year. So um, that's cool. Yeah, like we usually host 800 families, and it's free. We put on like carnival rides. There's a Star Wars theme, and everything's original, originally made. So we have local artists coming in, and we have like this Tatooine game where. Um, you have a Nerf gun and you're shooting stormtroopers. Uh, we have this um, game called Use the Force, and we have Jedi's that are dressed in robes and they have lightsabers and they're teaching kids, you know, how to use a lightsaber and stuff. So it's a lot of fun. We have uh, Hero Headquarters where it's uh, Marvel characters, superhero um, characters and stuff. I'm usually on the stage. I'm the MC. So, you know, we're, we're in a uh, where we host the this um, party is in a place where it's um, commercial all around. So there's a local community college and there's like restaurants everywhere. It's by a bunch of uh, dealerships and mechanics and stuff. So there's not a place where these random houses of streets can go trick-or-treating. So for 30 years, um, this community has gone and created this awesome thing called Halloween Land. So I've been part of that for the last 12 years and, and being um, kind of uh, a spearhead in, in leading that. Does it, Do you have a website for it or anything? You want to plug that real quick? Uh, yeah, it's just, you know, it's really basic. I think it's Halloween Land 626. If you put on Halloween Land and you see it, it's in Pasadena, um, it's awesome. So okay. this year okay. we had to do a drive through and we had no idea what to anticipate we ended up having over 2,000 people show up over, I don't know, it was like 400 cars. And the hour was like, or sorry, the wait was two hours long. And families were just waiting. We, you know, caused a bunch of traffic. But having the families coming in and they would drive through the parking lot. We had a bunch of people dressed up 
as characters. Um, I was DJ Marshmallow from Fortnite. <laughs> There's Candyland, and it, we were we basically put on like a mini Disneyland ride. Uh, we had Kylo Ren, and he was like trying to force choke the kids in the car. And we had <laughs> we had Ray. It was funny because everyone had masks on because uh, of, of COVID. So you know, seeing seeing Ray Skywalker, I guess now uh, has her mask on and and you know fighting Kylo Ren. But it, it's amazing. So. All That's to say, awesome, it's dude. late. Yeah, I I love Halloween for that. Like, I get to be a part of something to create memories for families and kids, and and kids are gonna remember that for the rest of their life. So, uh, I love cool, that dude. aspect of it. Yeah. That's really freaking cool, dude. I'm I'm really happy for you. That's that's cool. So Halloween Land in Pasadena. Yep. If uh, anyone out there is listening, go check them out next year. If uh, you know, or this year, I should say, 2021, and the co- the quarantine will be lifted. So yes. all positive spirits. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> awesome, dude. So horror movies. You obviously love horror movies, yeah. right? This is that's something you've always grown up loving. Yes. Well, I like monster movies. I should specify okay. so okay slashers and stuff you know i i have a limit you know of course i'll love the classics like halloween uh friday the 13th nightmare on elm street but like i've always gravitated towards monsters um especially like are you afraid of the dark I, okay i grew up watching that as a kid and uh, something about monsters i've just always loved the the universal monsters so uh my Is list there a recent happen. one is there a recent monster movie that you, you, you saw that you remember you liked? Uh, and I, I know why you're thinking. Yeah. I'm just going to say I really enjoyed Underwater. Uh, I, I I have an affinity for underwater monster movies that I that I love. And I, I kind of like that one. It's the I don't know if you've seen it, but the ending has mm-hmm. a nice little fun twist to it. No, I haven't seen that one. You okay. know, uh, for me, I would say I, I saw it a while ago, but I would say, like, if there's anything more recent, I think Slither is like the the quintessential monster movie like that with the special effects that were mostly practical uh the nasty you know almost remind me of like society so it was just you know i love the practical effects i like the stuff where it's like ooh, that's that's gross but you kind of like it it. james gunn directed it exactly so So, always good i i just picked it up on um uh, the Shaw Factory around October had, you know, like a 50% off sale or something. Awesome. And that was one of the the movies that I treated myself to. I don't I don't know if we'll get to it anytime soon on Podcast After Dark, but that was I was like, yeah, for like 9.99 Shaw Factory for slither. Sure. sure, I'll take yeah. that. Yep. <laughs> Put cart add to cart. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I think right now like the the monster movies are I don't know. I haven't really seen it done well. Maybe Stranger Things. There's there's elements of like the, the of that kind of monsters, you know, especially like the last season, I think. But I don't know. I I haven't seen anyone that like when you asked me that really came to mind. So I feel like a lot of it right now is supernatural or yeah, you know, midsummer well, type me, things. <laughs> let me uh, let me recommend to you. We mentioned it briefly offline, but it's a show on Netflix called Sweet Home. And uh, it's Korean-based, uh, uh, South Korea. So I guess it's uh, like, I mean, they're putting out some great stuff yeah. over there. Uh, a show called The Kingdom was actually really good as well. It was uh, feudal Korea versus like zombies and uh, beautifully Please. shot, very well done. But why I want to recommend to you Sweet Home is like it's it's a bunch of people in the city trapped in an apartment complex besieged by monsters that at first glance you kind of think maybe you're zombies, but it's more Resident Evil and it gets much more funky. That's and awesome. 
I'm only two episodes in, and I don't think it's biological. I think the and okay. it's a citywide, like it's outbreak, but I think it's a curse, which is neat. It's different. It's not just zombies, you know. Right. That's awesome. Another yeah, movie, so- as you were talking, that triggered my mind was uh, Cabin in the Woods. Oh yeah, that's like that ten years one. now. I can't believe that that movie is that old. But like, that's that's a great movie as well. Lots of Cloverfield. Monsters. Cloverfield. Cloverfield's yep. good. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Well, this isn't the top five monster movies. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> this is the top five uh, uh, rotten horror movies according to Rotten Tomatoes prior to two thousand. Now, Max and I did pull a bonus one post 2000 uh and we will you want to insert that in between number two and one basically let's do it cool um so max you'll go first because you're the guest and if we somehow have one higher like if if your number five is like my number three we'll talk about it when we get to it okay i doubt we're gonna have the same list i you never know. <laughs> we never you know. never know. Okay. So. so my number five movie is part of a series, a long-lasting series that will not die, kind of like its main villain. So this movie is 1991 Child's Play 3. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, I, re- I remember seeing part two in the theater. I like that one. Was part three... The one where they were at the ROTC camp or whatever, yeah, the military. military school. I saw this one in the theater too. Okay. I remember this one. So the Rotten Tomato score for this is twenty nine percent. A lot of people don't like this movie. Um, this, I think, depending on where you are with the series, um, this is kind of like the marker, right? Are you a fan of Child's Play three or aren't you? I personally like it. I think this is one of the first ones I saw. I, I, I don't remember. I think this was the first one I ever saw. And that alone has a super high nostalgic factor to it. But, I mean, this is where Chucky gets the one-liners. Definitely following, like, Freddy and things like that. So uh, there's this one scene where there's, like, like you mentioned, they're at a military school and the girls find Chucky and they start putting lipstick on him <laughs> and then um, of course he's like you know the, the dummy version and then he wakes up and he gets so pissed and he goes this means war like just so ridiculous <laughs> right like he just gets mad because he has lipstick but yeah um, I don't know like there's there's two scenes in particular about this movie the first one is when the kids are in the woods and they're playing paintball and they're shooting um, paintball guns, but Chucky puts real bullets in. And I just remember, I was like, I saw this, maybe I was like eight, seven or eight, too young to watch it, but I was like, holy crap, right? Like, that's crazy. And then the end scene is in an amusement park, and it's like, there's this like roller coaster, and it's kind of set um, like hell, and there's skeletons. It's like really cheesy, but it, yeah. there's some great lighting and, and some great shots. So, um, yeah. Got to gotta I, add Child's Play 3. Hey, man. I had fun with that movie when I saw it in the theater. 
Uh, Chucky isn't always necessarily the one one of the ones that I go to. I was a Jason Voorhees kid growing okay. up, so I've always liked Friday Thirteenths. Uh, my wife is a Freddy Krueger fan, so right now we are actually in like tandem leapfrogging, going through a Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday Thirteenth at the same time uh, from the beginning and moving through. And something I highly recommend, uh, or for Child's Play as well, it's interesting to see the like a series as a whole sort of progress. Yeah. Um, but I think I made it up through when did when is when does he get married or when is like Jennifer Tilly bride of child's play? I think Which that's right that after one? this. So that's okay. bride of bride of uh, Chucky. Okay, so then I think this was probably the last one that I saw. Okay. I don't think I've seen any more past that. And did you see the remake at all? The no, the the most previous. There was like yeah. a remake, and then there was another remake. I didn't see the most recent remake. Okay, where uh-huh. it's like I think Mark Hamill is the voice of yeah. Chucky or something like that, no. but it's it's different. Yeah. The voodoo thing. I think I think the original Child's Play is probably my favorite of of them all. Right. You know, and it's a director of um, what's his name? Tom Holland, director yeah, of uh, Jesus Christ, Fright, Fright Night. Night. Good yeah, Lord. <laughs> yeah. Who was on your show? Yeah, yeah. But, uh... I, sh- I should remember that. <laughs> You're yeah. like Max. Max is like, it's your show, dude. You should remember that. Hey, I listened to it. So, <laughs> hey man, yeah. weed's a hell of a drug. <laughs> but uh, no, I you you mentioned uh, Mark Hamill, and I get it. They tried to change the voice, but um, Brad Dourif, he is the yeah. voice of Chucky. So yeah. hands down, like he even looks like Chucky. So. Yeah. Uh, I'm also a, uh, I almost said Oakland. It, it's the Oakland Raiders, Las mm-hmm. Vegas Raiders fan. And, you know, they call John Gruden Chucky. So it's it's hilarious <laughs> going to like Raider games. You will always see people dress up like Chucky at a football game. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I'm a I'm a Ravens fan, baby. So uh, I don't uh, I don't follow uh, the Raiders. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> my number five. I'd say it's kind of more of a comedy horror, okay. but it was listed under the horror thing, and as we mentioned earlier, it was kind of hard finding some some good ones, and I went from bottom of the barrel upwards, so this has an 8% on Rotten Tomatoes, <laughs> <laughs> and it is the 1987 House 2, The Second Story. I've never seen that. Have you ever seen House 1? Yes. Okay, so this is a sequel to House, uh, the first one, which you've seen, uh, starring the greatest American heroes right. on that on that one. And uh, but this one, same house, or actually, I think it might be a different house. But I loved it as a kid because, and I still love it now. I I, I watched it just recently. It has Jonathan Stark in it, an, another person that we actually interviewed, and he was he was uh, uh, Billy Cole in Fright Night, and right. I. I rewatched House 2 just so I could sort of have something to talk to him about. You know, even I'd seen it when I was a kid. And so I rewatched it and I was like, holy shit, I actually kind of like this movie. Huh. It's it's cheesy. It leans much more into the, the comedy aspect than the horror. They really leaned into that aspect of it. But it does have enough horror elements that I would say, you know, and especially the cover would say, you know, it's a horror movie and it always sat in the horror section of you know the the video store but one thing that i absolutely love about the movie is that it's about it's kind of it's an adventure story between kind of two best friends and the one friend's like great great grandfather who's like an immortal sort of zombie but there's this awesome and as someone who 
basically grew up in a typical 80s uh, mom, single household, raised by my mom, uh, but she had to work and and full, full time and everything. So my grandpa kind of would always be there in the morning when I'd wake up and be there in the afternoon when I got home and, and when I was in elementary school. So my grandpa and I were super, super tight. So I always kind of like really have an affinity for movies with like the grandpa and the kid, cool. you know, doing stuff like up and everything, right. anything with a grandpa and a kid doing something. So House 2 has a lot of fun shit in it, and it doesn't take itself seriously at all. Cliff Clavin is in it from Cheers. You know, it's 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 insane, dude. But it has heart, and it has charm, and it has Jonathan Stark, who's absolutely awesome in it, and Ari, Ari Gold's great in it, too. It's got a great cast, but, you know, it's not, like, the best thing ever made. It's, it is kind of cheesy, like you were mentioning early, but it does have a lot to love in it. Yeah, totally, and that's what this list is about. It's not mm-hmm. about the best. It's what's good about the crappy movies. Uh, exactly. <laughs> I love the tagline. It's getting weirder. House yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. So and cool. it does. It does get weirder. And I would highly recommend like a, a House One and House Two back to back, like double okay. feature. They're, they're both fun, fun movies. The first one's a bit more horror than than comedy. Second one's a bit more comedy than horror. It's giving me super like um, Knott's Berry Farm vibes, <laughs> yeah. like that, like the calico town yeah. and stuff like that yeah <laughs> yeah with all the cowboys it looks cool man i gotta check this out it looks yeah cool. it's fun it's fun i think um i think arrow just put out uh last couple years uh you know parts one and two you know i think you find them pretty cheap but they're probably you can find them on amazon prime i think you know watch it there so awesome. yeah yeah right. so uh what's your number four buddy yeah so this movie i'm sure you've seen and similar to child's play three it was the first movie of the series i saw I'm talking about 1986 Poltergeist 2, The Other Side. Oh, dude. I what time what what year did it come out? 86. 86. So I was 8 years old when I saw it in the theater with my friend, my best friend and his parents at the time and when craig t nelson vomits up that worm creature scared the living shit out (laughs) of me and man i watched that shit uh shit i think my wife my wife and i watched it this year we watched poltergeist one and two and that shit scared the holy hell out of me again it looks terrifying dude okay so this has a 33 percent rotten tomato score Unfair, I think. But what's so scary about this movie is freaking Henry Kane, played by Julian Beck. Mm. And he's the old man, the old reverend guy. And he's got that little, um, that that song that he sings. God is in this holy temple, right? What's crazy about it was this guy was actually dying from cancer in real life. Julian Beck. Holy shit. So he died a little later after this movie was released. So that's like you see death literally on his face because the dude was freaking dying. Wow. I wonder when they cast him, did they know that? They had to have, right? They just looked at him and said, yep. And said, you... You look like death, so yeah. we're going to He looks like a walking co- corpse. Like he, he looks does. like death. <laughs> well, and I don't think, and I, I guarantee you, they had they. I mean, obviously, they use some makeup to accentuate, but probably not a no. lot because he just he looks emaciated. 
the scene that scared me, yes, was the one where Craig T. Nelson was vomiting. Um, they actually call it vomit creature. Like that's mm. that's the, mm-hmm. uh, in the credits. But there's that scene where uh, the Reverend Henry Kane goes up to the screen door yeah. and just starts going, "You're all gonna die! You're all gonna die!" Like gave me super chills. I think I must have been like ten. Or, nine or ten when I saw this movie. So, like, again, this, I think I saw this before I saw the first Poltergeist. And I just, you can't get his face out of your brain. That is something that's just engraved in my memories forever. Because and, the dude had cancer. And at this point, he's iconic. Yeah. Like, that. that is an iconic image, an iconic character. And it's it's a it's a shame that he couldn't live to see it, you know, see the how popular it became. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it sounds like it's sort of lightning in a bottle. Like, like if they tried to make that movie three years prior, he they might have gone with somebody else, right. you know. And if they, or even you know, three years later, they would have gone with somebody else. So, it kind of that's that that character is lightning in a bottle, and he will always freak me out one of the most freakiest characters of all time i will give it to zelda from from pet cemetery right. and uh i will never watch that movie again <laughs> as an adult and if you. zach <laughs> if zach ever makes us watch it i may have to use my one and only veto we zach and i both have one vetoes a piece for the entire series and i would may have to use it for that one but he's up there he is top five legit freaky characters in a movie ever of all time yeah, and you got to think like his psyche, right? Like, so he knows he's going to die. He's got cancer. He probably just put everything that he had into this role, right? And it's Poltergeist, too. It's not like it's a phenomenal movie or anything. Uh, the first one was huge, but this one, you know, kind of flopped in comparison. But, yeah, dude, just just that. And, like, Craig T. Nelson, that scene you're talking about with the vomit creature. So what happens is that... Um, Henry Kane's like spirit comes on to uh, Steve, the dad played by Craig T. Nelson. But Craig T. Nelson just gets like really aggressive and evil. But yeah. the acting in that scene is just phenomenal. Yeah. And like yeah. Craig T. Nelson is a phenomenal actor. Anything he's, I mean, he's Mr. Incredible, right? But yeah. that scene in particular, you're like, <laughs> he's also <"Dude."> coach, <laughs> right? <laughs> coach, Mr. Incredible. He's, um, he's coach to me always. Yeah, always. <laughs> you know what's funny is, um, my my mom dated some guy. He looked just like Craig T. Nelson. I used to call him Coach. <laughs> like, what up, Coach? Um, but the you see the acting chops in that one scene, and it's yeah. so believable. And you're like, you know, some of these acting or some of these horror movies that are just trash. They actually have some great actors or scenes with great acting. Not all of them. You know, and not all the time, but there's certain scenes like that where he just turns on his wife. He gets super aggressive. Where as as a kid or just watching, you're like, "Oh, this is intense!" Because Greg T. Nelson's is amazing. Yeah, and the camera's like all up in his face, dude. Yeah. That scene was that scene was powerful. It is really really good. Yeah, there is there is some gold in that movie. And the funny thing is, I don't think of that movie as a bad movie. Like mm. to me, it's it's that movie's just Poltergeist too. You right. know, there's there's no critical thought about it it's like oh do you want to watch poltergeist 2 yep yep of course i do (laughs) of course i want to watch poltergeist 2 are you crazy that movie's awesome so good pick bro good pick yeah and and the last thing i'll say is the special effects for that movie uh i mentioned i'm a huge special practical effects guy especially you know horror movies but that movie got nominated for 
best special effects, you know, creature effects uh, makeup because of that that scene you were talking about, the vomit creature just coming out of it, and it looks so realistic. Like, no CG can make it look as real as it does with just the practical stuff. So, Man, CG fucking ruins everything, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, uh, well... Nah, it's all kinds of weird timelines now. But I, as we're recording this, I'm just finished editing our 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 come in peace. Jesus, our I come in peace review. Okay, and, and which will be dropping tomorrow that you haven't heard. But this episode will be out later. So all I want to say is we talk extensively about the fact that in that movie, all the explosions explosions where you see the main cast in the same shot as the explosion is all done practically. There is no CGI that you would have nowadays. No, like, CGI putting a head onto the stunt person's right. body. No, everything. Dolph Lundgren, Brian Ben-Ben, they're all in, like, right next to those explosions. And guess what? It looks fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. You can't beat things that are actually real, right? Like, yeah. CG is fake. It's yeah. fake. But anything that's real, like, um, Grogu... You know, he's yeah. practical. He's a puppet. And that's what makes him so good. And that's what makes him so um, lovable. And you want to connect. You know, I think it would be different if, you know, Baby Yoda, Grogu, whatever was CG. But the fact yeah. that he's a puppet and he's interacting with uh, the actors makes it makes it more uh, more real. And or just uh, compare the original John Carpenter's thing to the prequel remake <laughs> thing and it's not the, the prequel remake thing isn't terrible right. but there you can see cgi effects versus completely practical effects absolutely. and the practical effects will hold up every single time absolutely well my number four movie has a lot of practical effects because it is 1989 um it is a nine percent on rotten tomatoes <laughs> as you can see we're gonna go up but we're not gonna get that high guys in our percentages and it's a movie that i don't want to talk too much about because it's actually zach has it he just hasn't opened it yet so it will be reviewed on our show within the next could be anywhere between the next few months okay could be next episode for all i know whenever zach opens it uh that's when we we will review it but it is the 1989's sean s cunningham's deep star six and all I want to say is, everyone says Leviathan is better because that, that the one with Peter Weller, the other underwater monster movie from 1989. And I will stand by the fact that Deep Star Six is the better monster, underwater monster movie of the two. All right. And I saw it in the theater. So I, Another movie I've not seen before. I got to get I, up on this. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a Seinfeld fan at all? Just I out am. of curiosity. I am. Okay, Lloyd Braun is uh, is in this, so oh, in Deep Star Six, which okay. is great. Um, okay, and I, I saw him at uh, at the um, Trader Joe's in uh, like right around National. It's it's uh, not in the Valley; it's right below the Valley. But I ran into uh, to Lloyd Braun one time, so <laughs> it was great. That's awesome. Right. But anyways, Deep Star Six, you haven't seen it. I'm gonna review it, so we can't talk too much about it. I'll wait, but. For it. It's an underwater monster movie. It's fun. I like underwater monster movies. So, all right, Max. Okay. You're so number three, this, right? Yeah, this is my my number three. So this movie, there's a special connection to it, and I'll explain Ooh. a little later. But this has a 15% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> it's from 1999, so it barely missed that criteria. But it's the horror comedy movie Idle Hands. 
Oh, dude, I loved Idle Hands, man. I saw that in the theater. I owned that on DVD. Did I own it on VHS too? Probably just DVD. Yeah. Um, love that movie. Really need to pick up the Arrow Blu-ray that came out uh, this year at some point. But Idle Hands, bro, t- tell us what. Yeah, tell us about it. Tell yeah, us about so it. So first, let me just tell you the cast because the cast is great. So it's Devin uh, Sewa. He's the main character. Uh, you might know him from. He's in so much. 90s Final Destination. Our, yeah. Our, yeah, everyone knows him from Final Destination, you and know. he's another actor that I always liked, and you don't see him anymore. I know. I I saw him at a convention, Son of Monster Palooza, uh, right okay. before everything shut down, and I was like, oh, dude, uh, he's in Casper. He's in Now and Then. Uh, he's in. He's Stan from the music video with uh, Eminem. So, yeah. Uh, he's in a bunch of stuff. So he's the main character. Uh, basically, he's just like a pothead, and uh, the whole thing is, you know, the devil takes control of the laziest people, basically, and his hand gets uh, possessed, super evil, dead to status. Uh, but who's also in this movie is Seth Green and Eldon Henson, who's in uh, Daredevil, uh, yep. Foggy. Uh, he was also in Mighty Ducks. A 17-year-old Jessica Alba, which yeah. is kind of weird because there's a lot of um, sexual, like, and you're like, okay, cool. Like, she's, like, half-dressed and stuff, but when you find out she's 17, you're like, I don't know. It kind of makes yeah. you feel uncomfortable, you know? It's like 1999, Britney Spears was huge, so I don't know if they were trying to, like, getting away with that. Like, that was the thing. Like, a bunch yeah. of just pervs liking... You know, hey, the, I mean, I had a crush on Jessica Alba. But I, when did this come out? Ninety nine. Ninety nine. So I think I was like, I mean, at that point, I was uh, eighteen, nineteen, or something. Yeah. So it wasn't any different, you know, no. uh, for me. But I didn't know that she was seventeen. Right. So I'm talking as an adult. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. At the time, um, <laughs> I saw this movie in two thousand three, and I'll circle back to that. Um, but Vivica A. Fox is in this. Um, Christopher Hart, who's the hand. So are. are are you familiar who who uh, Christopher Hart is? No. Uh-uh. So he's this magician guy, and he's an actor that's known for playing hands, and he played a thing in all the Adams Family movies. I, f- I figured you were gonna go with the go there, right? <laughs> right. So uh, the director, uh, who's Rodman uh, Flender, was like, "Look, we need you to be thing, but we need you to be more menacing." And he's like. All right. So, because it's just a severed hand that walks around and starts killing people. Um, but what I really want to talk about this movie, it's hilarious. There's some great scenes, but I actually got my first kiss while I was watching oh. this movie. <laughs> I'll never forget it. So, I think I was, um, so I, I think it was in eighth grade. So, it was 2003. Um, you know, I was 13 years old. I was on the couch. It was Halloween. Um, Ooh, yeah. like, like actually Halloween? Actual Halloween. Oh so, my god! You know, dude. I wasn't I wasn't out trick or treating. I was out, you know, macking it up. Apparently, so um, this is like a movie, man. <laughs> exactly right. And then there was a, a hand that came up and started strangling me and my little girlfriend at the time. But uh, so it's Halloween. It's my buddy and his, you know, girlfriend, whatever you call girls friends at the age 13 and then um she was friends with my girlfriend so we're sitting there and i'm like before i leave i'm gonna get this kiss and the parents left us alone like i don't i don't know this like you know it's crazy so i just look at her she looks at me 
And like, you know, that first kiss, it was so sloppy and we're like wiping our mouths. <laughs> so it was like so gross. But I, I'll never forget that my first kiss was during idle hands. Fucking so. idle hands. <laughs> it sets the mood. So <laughs> Okay, okay. That's dude, that is fucking awesome, bro. That is awesome. <laughs> I should I should if I ever meet anybody from this movie, I should say that. Like, hey, thanks for being part of this movie, you know. I had my first kiss during it. So <laughs> I, I remember the offspring was in it. They they play like a yes. concert in there. What's his name gets his top of his head ripped off. It gets freaking just ripped off. And that was practical effects, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. dude. And he's oh, got a, a PhD. He's like a yes. smart nut. Yes, he is. Uh, we should say his name. What the the lead singer for uh the offspring. Um chef, I Dexter Holland. Right. Dexter Holland. There it yeah. is. So Dexter Holland, yeah. So I mean he's the epitome, like this soundtrack to this to this whole movie is awesome. Yeah. Um, Tom DeLonge from Blink-182 is in it, too. So it's that skater punk, um, you know, Dexter Holland. I mean, they're, they're doing a Ramones cover, uh, which is hilarious because the, the director wanted the Ramones to be in that scene originally. Yeah. And they're like, well, we can't get the Ramones. Let's get Offspring. All right, let's get Offspring, and let's just have them do a, Mar- a Ramones cover. So... Uh, but yeah, Idle Hands, you know. It's it's a fun movie. It is. I haven't seen it in forever. Uh, like I said, I'll probably pick up the Arrow Blu-ray at some point. Because at this point, dude, uh, I'm, I'm all physical media. I, I, I can't stand Absolutely. streaming. Uh, I can't stand all the tinkering that they're doing with streaming. Yeah. Uh, like adding, you know, Disney Plus adding, you know, hair onto Daryl Anna's butt and splash. <laughs> you know, shit like that. I'm like, no, come on. So... Ah, uh, no, thank you. So I'm I'm sick of this. I'm physical media. Right. So yeah, I usually pick up stuff like that. I'll 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 circle around to it for sure. Dude, I got so triggered. I was watching Mighty Ducks. We were reviewing it for Ready to Retro, and I don't think I have a DVD copy. I had a VHS copy. I'm like, I'm not gonna plug in my VHS, and I'll just stream it on um, Disney Plus. It's all the same. It's all you know. Nothing's tamper or anything until the very last scene where they sing uh we are the champions by queen they put some generic rock song and i was just like what that's so iconic you have to have freaking queen at that scene and and you guys put some generic rock song so yeah i'm I'm with you man so (laughs) let, let me say my wife is currently her her you know turn off the brain and binge show is the creek and by the okay. creek I mean Dawson's Creek baby right, right. and <laughs> but I by the way I used to watch that shit and uh, on Netflix the I don't want to wait you know that intro song is different they what? have a it's a whole different song on Netflix what? and the new song is garbage what? so yeah dude yeah that's terrible like, I know I know but you know kind of like she'll she, you know she, like I don't watch episodes with her but right. like like I said I used to watch it back in the day yeah and so I'm like I'm watching I'm like oh is this one that and he's Pacey what's Pacey doing over here but I'm like fuck dude like I forgot how many like late nineties, early like way early two thousand actors just came out of Dawson's Creek. Like yeah. that show had was like a a who's who of of all the horror movies that came in the late nineties. So was true from that show. I was like, holy yeah. shit! <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't want to wait, man. That that you it's know what? Iconic. That, it's iconic. Yeah, exactly. At this point, that shit is iconic. Pay the fucking money to get the license, goddammit. Pay the fucking money. Because now God you're damn. like tampering with art because there's a and yep. there's a reason why they picked that song. You exactly. Know? And so what if it costs a few 
more money. So what if you have to have a contract? Like, just that's part of the art, but you're just trying to make money. So screw you, Netflix. Exactly. <laughs> and that's why I buy my movies now. So fuck Netflix. Anyways, <laughs> number three for me is 11% on Rotten Tomatoes, 1988. It's got Tree Williams and Joe Piscopo as cops. One of them gets turned into a zombie. And we're talking about Dead Heat. I love how Max, I can see Max fur- furiously trying to type into IMDb to see. I have, if he I'm, knows I'm a visual this. person, especially when it comes to. Um, Movie covers. No, I have not seen this, but I, but <laughs> nice. I, but but I, I know of it. I know of it. I, I am three for three right yeah, now. <laughs> no, I, you, you're. I'm more mainstream. You're very uh, the bottom of the barrel. I love it. That's why I love you, Corey. You're awesome. <laughs> so if you guys haven't seen it, it's 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 a horror. It's got comedy elements to it. Okay. And I remember seeing it with my dad. And one of the reasons I loved it, I saw it with my dad. My dad just liked, he hates horror movies and he likes cop movies. So the cover, especially the VHS cover, kind of really doesn't inform you too, too much that it's like a zombie movie, you know? So we rented it and I remember kind of like enjoying it, but also at the same time seeing my dad sort of squirm a little bit, you know? Okay. And I was like, okay, cool. Kind of like sort of, it kind of, you know, was one of those early moments where you realize that you're this big, strong, tough guy that is your dad is like is a human being and, and you know, has emotions and feelings as much as he wants to try to hide them from me all the time. So I was like, cool. So Dead dead Heat will always hold a special place in my heart because I got to sort of see my dad squirm a little bit. But I remember being like, it was also one of the first movies that I kind of was like, I understood that you could cross genres Mm. like you could have it could still be like the tropes and the genre could still be the cop genre but then you could do stuff that's horror and have it like be zombies and stuff or whatever and you could mix genres so early on i was like oh okay that's kind of cool you can start mixing things up a little bit dude this looks so awesome i'm just looking at screenshots and there's this like I don't know, ugly looking biker dude with like mm-hmm. deformed nipples. I'm like, I'm intrigued. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. It's um. What's going I, on here? <laughs> we we will get to it eventually on pad, but I I don't think there's any like good Blu-ray version out. So. Okay kind of waiting for that so i don't really know when we'll get to it but i absolutely will get to it because also i love treat williams i've I, he i think he could have been so much bigger and done so much more i think treat williams is great um he was great in deep rising uh, i thought that's i think that's a fantastic film but uh and then joe piscopo whatever joe piscopo's fine in my book i got no beef with the guy <laughs> i mean the guy's name is treat right yeah like, yeah he's, he, that's that's amazing in itself isn't yeah. this freaking treat? Treat Williams, <laughs> and uh, I think he's I think he's somewhere in Empire Strikes Back because you can uh, there are pictures of him with uh, Carrie Fisher on Hoth uh, base in okay. kind of Hoth gear. Um, but I think his character was gonna have like a like a more of a, sc- a face shot. But I think he's more of in the group when when you know. Uh, um, I think Hobby says, uh, "What you know? What are two snub snub fighters going to do against you know? Or what whatever you know yeah. on Hoth base when the one guy with hot talks." Awesome. Anyways, anyways, that looks good man. That looks good. Yeah, dude. I have a feeling I'm going to be zero for five on your list. I'm just saying. 
I think my number two you're gonna have seen. I'm okay. fairly certain my number two is gonna, but my number one might not be. All so right. what? Well, uh, what's your number two then? Yeah. So I'm actually really excited to talk about this one. It's not my number one, but we are talking 1997. Okay. The Rotten Tomato score is 38. This movie came out. April 11th, a day before my seventh birthday, this was a box office hit. So that's that's the difference about some of the other movies I reviewed. They, they kind of <laughs> bombed, but this one was huge. It grossed $136.8 million on a $45 million budget. All right, I'll stop pumping it up. It's freaking Anaconda. Oh, <laughs> shit. I love Anaconda, bro. I saw that shit in the theater twice. Love that fucking movie. <laughs> so Anaconda is one of those movies where it's so bad it's good, right? I mean, but there's some good moments in there's, it. I mean, and it's got like an A-list cast. It's, oh my God, it's, that was such, oh, like I, I said lightning in a bottle already with, with Poltergeist 2, but like getting J-Lo right there and everything, like it was the perfect moment where like, you know, her, her, her manager is like, look, just do a horror movie that'll get you some good exposure because right. she's not like big yet. You know, no. she's not quite J-Lo yet. Jenny so, from the block hasn't come out yet. It's exactly, <laughs> you know, so it's like, oh shit. Yeah. And then fucking uh, uh, Ice Cube's in it and and then everybody else and John Boyd, of course, but yes. everybody else in it is is fantastic too. It is a Great cast. Uh, uh, Wilson, uh, Luke Wilson, before oh, Owen, Owen Wilson. Wilson. So let me before go over he kind of became really big too, as well. Absolutely. So it's got Jennifer Lopez, like you said, Ice Cube, and Ice Cube's first words in this movie was, "Today was a good day." Right. He's yeah. plugging his own music. How Gots awesome to, baby. is that? Got to. And he he doesn't even die in the movie. He's a black man. That you're like, oh, he's first to go. Uh uh-uh, uh, he's the uh-uh. hero. He's so. Awesome for that. Uh, John Voight, who is crazy in real life and in this movie. Uh, we have Jonathan Hyde, who you might know from Jumanji yep. or The Mummy. He's you know the stereotypical British philosopher guy. You always got to have Jonathan Hyde. We need a British guy who's an explorer. I know, yeah. Jonathan Hyde. So that's why he's in this movie. Yes, Owen Wilson, who is very Owen Wilson in 1997, right? Like, he's just, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, just super Owen Wilson. Not really established yet, but um, kind of in that career he's typecasted. Um, Danny Trejo, dude. Yeah, He's dude. in the very beginning. Doesn't have his iconic, like, mustache and beard and long hair. He's, he's super young looking. And last but not least, do you know who the voice of Anaconda was? <laughs> Welker? <laughs> Frank freaking Welker. <laughs> really? Really? Who I didn't even I mean I didn't be? even know that it had a voice, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, of course it's Frank Welker. Not at all surprised by that. Adam Adam's favorite person in the entire world. <laughs> Adam from the Blast from Our Past, my co-host on uh Cartwright Seinfeld <laughs> podcast. He loves Frank Welker. I mean, he he does the voice of Megatron and yeah. uh, does the voice of Abu from Aladdin. Of course, he's gonna be freaking voice of Anaconda. Of so, course, uh, dude, this movie is just a crack up. It is <laughs> a crack up because, um, yeah, it's not like the the movie is surrounded not around anacondas, but it's how freaking crazy John Voight is. Yeah, that dude. He, once he gets on the boat, you know, they're trying to discover like this. 
um, indigenous people group and, you know, we're like, hey, let's go exploit them. But, hey, uh, there's an anaconda and this crazy guy, um, Cerrone, Paul Cerrone, who's played by John Voight, and he's trying to uh, capture these anacondas. Anyway, it, it's bonkers. What I will say about this movie is it's got great effects. Mm-hmm. Not the CGI. The CGI is, is really dated, but the practical effects are fantastic. And they even have like a lot of real snakes. So uh, one of the most iconic scenes is when Owen Wilson gets swallowed up. Yeah. And he's like, you can see him inside the snake as the snake's like in the water. Yeah. And you see his profile of the stomach. Like, you just crack up at this movie. And yeah, we got JLo, and JLo's looking like she does now. She doesn't age at all, but she's looking fine. She's immortal. And and, uh, yeah, dude, this movie just is so much fun and um, was ridiculed. You know, a lot of people made fun of it, but. It's a good time, and it made so much money, and even spawned a bunch of sequels. Uh, yeah. David Hasselhoff is in the third one. Yeah. No, I, I remember when it came out, and everyone's like, you got to see Anaconda. Like, it's all, everyone's like, it was always like, look, hear me out. <laughs> Go see Anaconda. Because everyone's <laughs> like, wait, Anaconda? Everyone's like, yes, it's actually good. I think every single person used those words. It's, it's actually, actually good. good. Yeah. <laughs> Go see it. And then, of course, John Voight has, like, one of the best villain deaths of all time in oh, that yeah. movie. It's so good. He gets swallowed, spit out, and as he looks at Jennifer Lopez, he gives her a wink and dies. Oh, my God. Amazing. I, I fucking love that movie, bro. <laughs> love that movie. Loved it. And then, yeah, saw it twice in the theater, and then just, it was just one of those movies when you're hanging out in high school or whatever, talking to your friends, like, yeah, let's just watch Anaconda. Yeah, put that in. Sure. You know, It's always, it's one of those movies that's always a good time. It's never going to let you down. No. Like, it's so good. <laughs> It's it's just it's fun, and it's an adventure. There's humor. Uh, there's some pretty you know not scary moments, but there's you know those jump scares and uh, yeah, Jennifer Lopez it's got, it's got in its it. moments. Yeah. yeah, again, again, Jennifer Lopez. What more do you Lopez want? Jennifer Lopez is in it. What else are you are you wanting, man? <laughs> yeah, no, she's she she's awesome, and that movie is awesome. Um, probably more awesome than my number two. That's for sure. <laughs> All right, so my number two, I don't think it's a great movie, but it's got something that I particularly like. Like It's very Corey, I guess I should say, and it is a 13% on Rotten Tomatoes. came out in 1998. It stars uh, Ben Affleck, hmm. uh, Leif Shriver. Uh, it's got Peter O'Toole and Rose McGowan, and I am talking about Dean Koontz's Phantoms. My God, I've seen that. Yep. You've seen that one, right? Yeah. Yep. yep. Okay. I, I figured you've seen this one. I figured you'd seen this one. So I love mass disappearances. Ever since I was a kid, um, I was born in Roanoke, Virginia. That is not the same Roanoke as Roanoke Island. Okay. But of course, because of the similar name, I, I kind of, you know, paid attention to the Roanoke Island thing. But the Roanoke Island disappearance, you know, back in colonial times long long time ago always found that fascinating there's other accounts of like mass disappearances throughout history and then i like the concept you know that that this put forward i didn't quite like 
the execution and how like sort of it it plays out. Right. My favorite point, like in this movie, is like it's when you first get to the town and trying to figure out what's going on, the mystery and everything. That's where I really love this movie, and it kind of then it you know sort of devolves into Stephen King territory, where it never quite sticks the landing of right. how you want it to be. But the idea, the concept of where this starts of like a whole town just disappearing and you couldn't really obviously that like that's an idea that couldn't even really happen nowadays because of the internet you just would you'd find out about it (laughs) you just couldn't hide it like someone would have a friend in that town and it'd be like wait why are they like where are they why are they gone you know but back in 98 was like right before the internet broke you could still have this and then like in the 80s like the the phantasm series kind of dealt with that where like they were driving through all these little small towns throughout America that were just dead, these, like, ghost towns. And I love the idea of modern ghost towns because you just – it just can't happen anymore. And it just right. seems so cool. So, Phantoms, man. it's It ain't a great movie, but I kind of liked it for some reason. Hey, that's why it's on this list. <laughs> yeah. But, um, it, but it's, sadly, it's not even one of those movies that I would really defend that hard. Like, okay. I don't know if I would die on that hill, but I, it's one of those movies where I know deep down inside I enjoy it, but I would never force someone else to watch it, you know? So this movie kind of reminded me of kind of a bootleg version of John Carpenter's The Thing and kind of yeah. the Blob remake. Yeah. It, it, and like it wasn't executed as well as those two movies, but that was kind of the feel that they were going for. Um again, great uh practical effects, you know, like yeah. the 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 monster just like the, the gross-looking things. Um there's a theme on this list. It's big, <laughs> gross, slimy things. I but, love um, them. And and dude, uh, speaking of the Blob, that is a movie that we will be doing soon. I mean, it's it's actually in the queue. Fantastic. Um, movie. Or, or should I say Zach needs to open it. Um so Zach, if you're listening, uh, uh erase this from your memory right now. But uh, anyways, <laughs> uh the Blob remake is one of my favorite horror movies of all time, but also one love of the most movie. traumatic horror movies of all time because uh I was the same age as like the kid the little kid that movie so like when his friend died that was like my age and you know dying so gruesomely right that's pretty horrific for for like a 12 year old dude that movie's got balls it like kills a little kid and gruesome too you never see fucking kids get killed like that in movies anymore i love the blob and i and i love the 50s ones with uh, steve mcqueen yeah me too it still holds up me too yeah, so yeah, we'll definitely be doing we'll definitely be doing the blob on pad. Uh, I can guarantee you, unless we hit like a ten year mark, we ain't getting to Phantoms anytime soon. <laughs> so, I, fuck Phantoms, but I liked it. So hey, you can come on uh, Ready to Retro, and we'll, we'll uh, get into some Phantoms. I uh, do anytime, buddy. Say the word. I'll, you know what? You say like, tomorrow. I need you on. You know what? I'll watch it tonight, and I'll be on tomorrow, buddy. Hey, that's awesome. <laughs> so, so that was minor. Number two, you've already done your number two, so bonus time, right? It's the bonus time. Okay. You're, uh, you know, and I'm sure there's a million, but what did you pick out from the post-2000 category? Yeah. Um, here is a movie that has a personal story uh, along with it. So this is from 2005. It has a Rotten Tomato score of uh, 23%. I'm surprised. This movie was released April 15th, 2005. It stars Ryan Reynolds, Chloe Grace Moritz, um, that dude Jimmy Bennett, who recently uh, doesn't have a great reputation. 
uh, Melissa George. So I'm talking the 2005 remake of Amityville Horror. Oh, dude. Yeah, I I remember, I think I was still working at the video store at the time, and I think I just borrowed it and checked it out. Yeah, I I, I didn't pay for it, so I was, I was, I was, I enjoyed it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I was like, all right, cool. Checked it out, had a good time with it. Kind of felt like I didn't need to ever see it again, but at the same time, I did not hate my time with it at all. So, I saw this movie when I was like 15. That's when it came out. So, I think I, I didn't see it in theaters, but I saw it like right after it came out. Um, you know, it has Hit Girl and it has Deadpool. What else do you want? Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but what I remember is just the the images. Yes, it's not a great movie altogether. You know, um, they string a lot of stuff. You, you know that they're just trying to go for that shock, um, that the, the shock images, right? Like the girl with a bullet hole in her head and she's sticking her fingers there. Like, you know, just gross and, and just grotesque and anyways those are the things that really stuck in my mind there's a there's a there's a scene where one of the the little kids has to go to the bathroom and um there is a native american who's tortured because that's the whole uh premise of the amityville horror uh house in this particular uh retelling is that um the reason why it's haunted is because there's some supernatural just evil stuff that has happened in real life. It was a place where Native Americans were tortured, and now there's like a curse. So there's a lot of tortured Native Americans that are haunting this family. So there's just images that are just like, but the personal story I have. So I saw this movie, again, I was 15. When I was 16, I visited my cousins um, who live in Long Island. And they have a, she's still alive now, she's like like 96, but their 96-year-old grandma, um, not related to me on their other side, but um, I'm sitting with her and, um, you know, uh, Long Island is where the Amityville horror tragedy happened because it's based on a true story where this kid, he was in high school or early college, um, his family was on three different floors and... Um, you know, shotgun them all. And yeah. what was so weird about it was there was no trace of the family being tied down. Um, they were all like face, you know, their head was um, facing the pillows and stuff. It, it's a horrific story. Uh, it's a true story. And and to this day, it's kind of, you know, attached with like supernatural stuff because they're like, how, do, how does a guy with a shotgun go to three different stories and kill his whole family, and it seems like no one woke up, right? There were right. no yeah. signs of struggle. Anyways, I say all that because I was like, so, um, you know, I watched, I was talking to, to my cousin's grandma, I was like, so, uh, Amityville Horror, you know, like, what what about that do you know? You know, is, is it really real, you know? And she's like, oh, and I forget the, the guy's name, but what's crazy is my cousin's, father was friends with the dude who murdered his entire family and the guy was in the house that i was in two weeks before he murdered his family oh shit and i was like what like i got so freaking spooked dude it's like one of the most spooked i've ever been because the movie already kind of freaked me out and then she said all nonchalant she's like yeah I, i forget excuse me i forgot his name i know it's like famous and stuff um 
But she's like, oh, yeah, let's just say his name was Jimmy. Like, yeah, Jimmy was here two weeks before he killed his family. Poor boy, poor family. We couldn't <laughs> believe it. And I'm just what like. What a shame, you know. <laughs> oh, I was like, what, dude? No freaking way. And I, I was like, you know, being 15, you know, like just, is some demon going to attach to me? Like, no, yeah. I don't want this. What's going on? No. I love my family. I love my family. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's my personal story. So. Um, yeah, I mean, Ryan Reynolds, he does a pretty good job. It's cool to see him in his early days still trying to make a name for himself. Um, you know, the acting is, is, is okay. Well, he's but, still also, uh, he's, he's also rocking that, uh, Blade Trinity body that he absolutely, fucking had. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, look. shit, dude. I'm, <laughs> I'm a heterosexual man, but I watched, uh, I watched that. And I was like, God damn. Good job, Ryan. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds. He's, he's, he's in the woods. He's just chopping wood and, yeah. you know, looking super chiseled, but. Yeah, no, I just really wanted to share that crazy story because dude, uh, it gives me goosebumps wild. just talking about it, dude. D- did you did you drive? Did you did they take you to the house? Like, can nope. you see it? Can you drive past it? You know what's funny is they were um, the grandma was saying that they completely changed the house, the, oh, okay. the exteriors. So, um, so because pe- people just would show up in front of the yeah. house and stuff because it was so iconic the look of it so iconic right. so like, why yeah. would you live in that house to begin no. with like that's no way no. i don't care no, thank you yeah no no anything horrific <laughs> like whether you believe it or not <laughs> it's just i i can't i don't care how cheap it is you know like i just can't sleep at night knowing that something horrific like that happened there so i yeah. got goosebumps it was it wasn't ugh, ugh. yeah <laughs> <laughs> hey man that's that i mean that's i get it i get why that movie's connected to you now and yeah. i mean both of us you and i both have shows based on nostalgia so we know like nostalgia is a very strong component and a very strong drug you know so Absolutely. <laughs> i get it dude Dude, that's crazy. That's fucking crazy. I've never actually been to Long Island, even though I grew up in, in Maryland. I, I didn't go to New York a lot to visit. So something my wife and I were going to do this year, and guess what? Or last year, and guess what? Didn't do it. So nope. clearly. All right. My bonus, unlike Phantoms, which I said I wouldn't die on the hill defending <laughs> it, I will die defending this movie every single possible chance I can get. It's got a 20% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, so that's high I, for you, man. I, I know. It's high for me. I did branch out, out, but it's only because it's the bonus one. And 2002, it is a part of a series. It's the very last one before they rebooted it. Okay. And a venerable series, my favorite slasher series. And I am talking about Jason X, baby. Ooh. Jason in space. Great. So I grew up loving... Jason Voorhees, Friday the 13th, Jason is my man. And and as an 80s kid, you had to pick somebody. So, you know, your one friend's a Freddy guy. Your other friend's a Michael Myers guy. I'm a Jason guy, you know. And even my wife, you know, she she's a Freddy girl. So she loves Freddy. She doesn't particularly care for Jason. and uh, But I love Jason. I always thought he was cool as hell. I even played the, the video game. And uh, I'm pretty good at it, actually. I'm, like, level 109, 110. Yeah. I've put in, I put in some work, bro. I've put in some work. <laughs> but Jason X, why I love it so much is because it's so much fun, and it doesn't care, and it goes there. Like, it, it says, you know what? Yeah. Here's our premise. And unlike Jason Takes Manhattan, which is 
the last 10 minutes of the movie he's in Manhattan, you know? Here, they're like, no, no, he's going to be in space the entire time. And guess what? He's going to kill the shit out of people. The, 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 the deaths are great. Um, one thing that I particularly look for is how how Jason looks in each movie. And I Uber Jason's fine. It's whatever. But I actually like the design of the regular Jason before he turns into Uber Jason right. in this movie. Um, I It's got freaking Space Marines in it as someone whose Aliens is their favorite movie. I get to see Space Marines versus, uh, you know, Jason Voorhees. He kills them all. It's fun. It's stupid. It's bloody. It's it, even though like it doesn't take itself serious. It takes Jason seriously. That's what's mm. that's what works about it. It's like. Yes, it's ridiculous, but Jason isn't, you know, right. and that's what I love about the movie. And I don't care what people say. People say it's ridiculous because Jason's in space. Yeah, it's ridiculous, but it's fun as hell. Seriously. At that point, it has to be ridiculous. Yeah, it it's has like, to be. Yeah. And it's got one of the most iconic Jason kills, the one where he freezes the the girl's head and I forget what chemical that was and he just breaks her face off like any kind of compilation of jason kills that will always be there and his mask is so cool that yeah. metallic looking thing and his like heads all exposed like yeah it's i mean it, it's a fun movie y you know it's not going to be my first jason movie uh friday the 13th movie but it's fun i'm not gonna there's definitely ones that are way worse than that one <laughs> yeah yeah definitely. There, there's ones that are way worse you know and and it kind of always depends on like sort of my mood, but this one can always be the one that I would never turn it down, you know, and, and right. I'd be like, sure, I'll, I'll watch that one. Um, and I actually bumped into uh, Peter Minsa. Um, he played like the, the Marine guy, the, the tall African-American gentleman, uh, the Marine guy in the movie. Okay. Um, but remember, he was also in 300 where right. he like gets kicked down in the pit, you know, and this is Sparta part. But so I saw him in Santa Monica and I was like, oh, I got to go talk to him. And I went up to him. Dude's like freaking eight feet tall. He's freaking huge. Super <laughs> nice guy. And I go up to him and go, uh, Mr. Mensa. And he's like, oh, yeah, 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 sir. You know, and I go, I just wanted to say, and I, I'm sorry to bother you. And he's like, oh, okay. He knew what was coming, but he right. didn't know this part. Because I go, I loved you in Jason X, man. He goes, oh, oh okay. O Not okay. 300? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you. <laughs> I was like, I just want to say that I loved you and Jason X, man. You rock. It's like, That's thank you. Awesome. <laughs> but he was definitely like not expecting that one already. Right. That's funny. <laughs> but yeah, fun movie. And uh, it's it's definitely, you know, it's probably close to my number one favorite Friday the 13th. But yeah, if I'm in the mood for a different one, I'll go with, you know, maybe I'll go with like part seven or something or I'll go with part four. Or actually, I really like part two a lot. So, but yeah, Jason X, man. I love that movie. Awesome. Uh, I need to get a drum roll. So, Max, my man, number Ooh. one, numero uno. All right. I'm super excited to talk about this movie. This will definitely be on our podcast eventually, but not yet. This movie, I don't know why it has such a low score. So, the score that Rotten Tomatoes gives it, it's 52, which isn't like the lowest. It's not at 8% like you have, Corey, <laughs> but it, it's like that borderline. Yeah. Um, this movie came out again in 1998. It's horror sci fi. It has a bunch of stars, and we'll get to that. It's directed by Robert Rodriguez. The tagline for this movie 
is um, Take Me to Your Teacher. We're talking 1998's Faculty. Wow. I was uh, I was just talking about Planet Terror, which was by Robert Rodriguez uh, right? last night when I was playing Friday the 13th with my friends. And uh, I was I thought you were actually going to go with, even though that's not 1998. Yeah. But um, but yeah. So faculty. I saw that in the theater. I very much enjoyed it. It's it's got kind of a body snatchers sort of scenario to it. But damn, dude. Nice. I, I didn't see that one coming at all. So the best way that I could describe it is if you were to take like Breakfast Club or an mm. 80s teen movie and put exactly Invasion of the Body Snatchers and put them in together, you get the faculty. So let me tell you this awesome lineup. So we have uh, Josh Hartnett. We have Selma Hayek. We have uh, Usher. We have Robert Patrick. We have John Stewart. We have Elijah Wood. We have um, Fomke Johnson. Yes. Uh, Clea Duvall. Dude, on and on. This movie just has, like, you just watch this movie, you're like, oh, they're in this movie? They're in this movie? Yeah. Uh, John Abrams. I'm just kidding. I don't know who that is. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But no, dude, it's like everybody who blew up in the. 2000s mid 2000s early 2000s they were in the faculty yeah and there's i think this movie i I honestly don't understand why um it has a such low rotten tomato score but i also know that it's not really it's definitely a cult movie but i feel like it's not like a mainstream cult movie like it probably should be you yeah. know, mm-hmm. um, like I don't see the faculty T-shirts. I don't see any kind of merchandise. I don't see yeah. any pop figures. But I, I enjoy the movie. It's got um, it's not a movie. Like, it's not a movie that I ever hear people say anything negative about, to be honest no. with you. So, like, you know, throw, throwing that out there. But at the same time, yeah, it's not one that also really pops up a lot. And by mm-hmm. that, I mean, like. Because, you know, on Instagram or something, and I'll, I'll follow all the horror hashtags. Even though we're not a horror podcast, a lot of right. – we kind of fall into that category. And I just don't see people posting a lot. But if it ever does come across the radar, no one says anything shitty about it. They're always like, no. oh, yeah, faculty. That's fine. Yeah. yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, exactly. And th- and I think that's like it's, – it's, I think it's more than just, yeah, it's fine. It, like I feel like this is a, a great movie. It's fun. Um I love kind of those teeny bopper movies and to throw kind of like a sci-fi horror element to it. Like this was one of those movies that uh, especially, you know, junior high, because it came out, you know, when I was in junior high, junior high, high school was on HBO or whatever. I was watching it, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and to see, you know, like Usher in it, John Stewart, Selma Hayek, right? Like Robert Rodriguez loves that girl. <laughs> I mean, I, and I, I, know I, do do. I know you do too. I know you do too. I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> um, yeah. So I, this movie is just great. I, I love the, it, it's kind of a mystery. It's almost like a Scooby-Doo type, um, you know, who, who's the monster? It's It's got a lot of the themes of the thing. We keep on seeing that come up in this episode. Well, is, all, all the way down yeah. to, uh, I believe, if I remember correctly, uh, Fomke Jensen's head gets cut off, and then it kind of crawls back and yep. reattaches itself. So. Yep. And, and Robert Patrick, as I think he's a PE teacher in it. Yeah, like, yeah, he's, he's awesome, the coach. Yeah, right? he's great. Like, he's great. He's great. <laughs> and, and um, you know, spoilers, when they take the um, the test with the drugs and stuff and – uh, the main 
alien, you know, cuts off her nose or like uh, seals her nose up and stuff, so manipulates the body. Yeah. It's just it's it's a great movie. I, I don't yeah. know. I like it. Wh- when was the last time you've seen it? Recently, I would say within okay. the last two years. Okay, so it holds up. It holds up well. I think so. Yeah. Uh, C- CGI probably not so much, but so overall, much. It, I, I mean, honestly, you know, we, we talk negatively about CGI and stuff, but like I can still like watch something and be like, and get past it. If like has like a, a CGI thing, it's, it's, I guess it's usually like when, when a whole cartoon is CGI, like 1998 CGI, like beast wars or something. That's <laughs> right. when you're like, okay, this is a little rough to get through. But if it's a little CGI here and there, you know, I'm like, that's right. fine. You mentioned Planet Terror. Can we, can we talk a little bit about that real quick? Sure, of course. Okay, so honestly, the double feature with um, Death Proof and yeah. Planet Terror, the greatest cinematic experience I've ever had in my life. Yeah. Because I didn't know much about these movies. I went with my buddies. It was 2007, so I was, uh, I think it was like a senior in high school, and we were just, you know... We we had the whole place to ourselves. It was like this little theater. Mm. Uh, we we you know we had like um, room one. You know, it was like the first one to your left or whatever. So it was just us. There was like probably four or five of us. We had no idea what to expect. And the transitions with those fake trailers in between the double yeah, features. Yeah. Oh my gosh, dude! We were just cracking up, laughing. It was just such a good time, right? Because we had um, the place to ourselves. We were overly obnoxious like yeah oh oh my god did you see that like you know being 17 just farting around and stuff yeah, so yeah that's um, awesome that yeah like planet terror death proof those ah love those movies dude and no, no one's ever put the whole thing out on on blu-ray or anything it's true. You, it's weird. You, can, you can only get them individually and then i don't think Either of them have the trailers, maybe. So you can't ever recreate that whole experience again. And I'm with you, man. I did that experience. I saw it in the theater. Yeah. Um, I think I was in Burbank at the time. I was living in L.A. <laughs> so I saw the whole thing, man. And it was wild, dude. And, you know, like, afterwards, like, when I saw the whole thing, I was like, I liked Planet Terror better than Death Proof. And I, I think they should have reversed it. I think they should have mm. put Death Proof first, Planet Terror second. But... Like watching them individually, I actually like Death Proof more than Planet Terror when I watched yeah. them individually. Yeah, I think it was just fatigue at that point, you know. For sure. And so. Death Proof, talk about practicals, man. Those stunts yeah. with the car, amazing. Yeah, that amazing. movie. I like that movie a lot. Yeah. I think it it holds up well, and uh, I think it. I think it's. I think it's well crafted and it's always entertains. I haven't seen Planet Terror actually in a while, so okay. I need. I do want to rewatch that. Yeah. Oh, Good old Robert great. Rodriguez. I yeah. mean, hell, he he did uh, one of my favorite episodes of The Mandalorian too. Absolutely, so. I was going to oh. mention that as well. So he's still <laughs> he still got it, man. He still got still it, baby. Got it. I just Sin City, everything, man. <laughs> Love it all. Love it all. But yeah, the faculty has Usher faculty. in it. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Ursher, man. Ursher. Ursher. <laughs> Love it. Love it, dude. I, hey, man. I liked it when I saw it. I probably, I saw it in theater. I probably saw it once more on DVD. Have nothing but fond memories of it, but never felt the need to go back and rewatch okay. it. But yeah. yeah, if it if it comes across my 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 table, I'll I'll give it a shot. I'll check it out. Hey, it's my number one movie of a rotten score. Hey, that, <laughs> rotten tomatoes. <laughs> that says a lot right there. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe I kind of have a feeling you might know this one. Okay. At, at least by name. Okay. okay. 1986. Okay. 
15% on Rotten Tomato Tomatoes. Ooh. So so you know, not as good as Jason X, but still the highest on the the, the proper list. It stars Emilio Estevez and is directed by by a coked out Stephen King. Okay. I am talking about Maximum Fucking Overdrive. Great pick. Yeah, you've seen it. Yes. (laughs) Awesome. So I watched the living shit out of this movie with my buddy (laughs) Luke as a kid all the time. Hadn't seen it in forever. And my wife and I, it was just, you know, saw it on Amazon Prime this Halloween season. I was like, hey, let's check this out. And she's like, sure. She I, I'm, she loves watching these, like, 80s horror movies and shit. Okay. And she, her exact <laughs> review of it, one word, she goes, fascinating. <laughs> but she had a great so time with it. so noncommittal. I know. know. She was like, the whole time, I'm, like, watching her watch it, and she's just like, this is fascinating <laughs> i was like yes it's coke filled fascinating but uh love the movie it's it's a it's a crazy fucking movie but yeah. another movie where dude a kid gets killed horribly like one kid in the baseball field gets run over by a goddamn um uh, uh shit what are those things like a bulldozer like right. with the, the big roller thing on the front yeah. and even as a kid i was like holy shit like that's brutal as hell and dude like like it's got really fucking awesome deaths it's got a, a cool concept even though the concept has a has a hole through it like a like that's crazy so like Every electronic equipment in the world comes alive to try to kill you, um, like like down to like toaster ovens and electric, you know, razors and stuff. But yet, all the cars don't. The trucks do, but the cars don't. Right. Only so that I guess the main characters can get around, basically. But uh, yeah, that's kind of a weird pothole. Pothole. But, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, crazy practical effects in this. You know, people getting hit by trucks and everything, and then of course. You got that iconic giant 18-wheeler with the green goblin face yeah, on the dude. front of it. It's awesome. Yeah, dude. I wonder where this truck is, dude. Is this like who's got the who's got that head? Who's got this truck? Right? It's it's got to be out there somewhere. I guarantee you like horror conventions, it's got to show up or do something because it's iconic. You know, someone has to have a a fabrication of right. it and everything, but a um, replica of it. Yeah, so, a replica. Somebody. But you've seen it, right? You you've seen Maximum Overdrive? Yeah, yeah. It's been a while, I'll, I'll be honest. So, but you know, I I think you mentioned it just the kid getting hit by like the it's like that cement thing where you yeah yeah and then uh of course the green goblin i mean that's just super iconic and emilio <laughs> emilio's in it so and he's great um, he's always awesome man i love that dude you and- know he's he's great in the 80s i i wish he didn't like i wish his career i know he, he does more like behind the camera now and stuff but i would love to see him in a in a really good movie you know yeah, yeah I, like, just, kinda, I like him yeah me too i i yeah. never have a problem with him um I'm, i was never a big mighty ducks fan that was okay. like i was too old for that right, when that right. when that came out i know uh, i know you guys like it and i know i'm um, primed for that that yeah. that's like my childhood yeah yeah and the blast from past boys they, they like it too and everything but yeah i was a little too old for that so like for me Emilio Estevez was always like this and like minute work and stuff like that. Right. And you know, the, the, just the, the, yeah, he did more like actiony and horror stuff back in the, back in the eighties. But I will say next time you watch this, it's got a great soundtrack to a lot of uh, ACDC, but right. next time you watch it, just know that the director, Stephen King, who also wrote the stor- short story was admittedly just 
coked out of his mind the entire movie. And so, and every time my wife was like, "Why, why is this happening?" I just looked at her, and go, "Coke, babe, because Coke." There because is the no 80s. answer. It's the '80s <laughs> and Coke. Every idea on Coke is a good idea. So throw it all in there. <laughs> and we're not talking Coca-Cola, people. We're talking, <laughs> talking about Coke. the powder stuff. <laughs> the powder, baby. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, well, I'm glad I had two on my list that you knew. I'm glad that, at least. Uh, three. Oh, yeah. Th- well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So. so, But, dude, this was freaking awesome. It was a it was a great list, dude. I, I very much enjoyed uh, this back and forth and, and digging into some of these shitty-ass horror movies, bro. <laughs> Well, you're welcome, I guess. <laughs> yeah, everyone, no, I, everyone's welcome. Yeah, when we were talking about it, I was like, all right, this is where, you know, I would probably, I wouldn't lose Chelsea as much, but I would definitely lose my cousin Chris on our podcast. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you know faculty, dude? He's like, what? You know? No. You know, his, he, he loves Meet the Deedles and stuff. So a uh, little backstory about just our podcast. So Chelsea is one of our co-hosts. We call her the Duchess of Horror. Um, mm-hmm. So she, her knowledge of horror movies is rich. Um, I would say I'm about average or a little above average, and my cousin is a, a newborn. He is a total noob, has no experience with horror. So we're trying to like show the like the staples, right? So um, you know, going through a entire month in October with. Um, vampire movies in the 80s mm-hmm. like it was yeah. great you know and it's cool to see um chris being exposed to certain certain movies like the lost boys or fright well, night for the first time or vamp uh, that was or a great vamp. Episode. that was actually my first time too so <laughs> that that yeah i was like i don't know i had a way different expectation for that movie and i was like chelsea what did you make me watch <laughs> Yeah, that was a fun episode. Uh, guys and gals, please go and check out Ready to Retro. If you're, I'll have all the links in the show notes, uh, everything you possibly want. But if you're listening to this and you want to type it in, it's Ready with the number two and then Retro. And they, I, again... I, they put out a great show. You guys produce a fantastic show. You put out great content. You guys have great guests over there. You guys have great like points of view. I, I love the the like you just said three three different points of view. Um, as as we know, uh, Chelsea's been on the watch list before. She yep. she knows her shit when it comes to horror. So it, it's it definitely listen to you guys. Definitely listen to ready ready to retro. It gets our seal of approval. Uh, you know we're we're podcast friends. Like our podcasts play nice together and everything it's it's, i love it it's great dude it's a it's a fun little network community that we have but uh you guys from like like i said before from one content producer to another man my hat is off to you you guys produce great content dude that means a lot man yeah i mean you talk to tom holland and stuff so that means a lot to us and uh (laughs) you know we had so much fun when you were on our um night of the living dead day Um, of the dead sorry day of the dead um yeah just so much fun. Of course, it was the other day. Um, <laughs> dude, the, uh, the guy just yes. passed away. Yes, yes, he did. Uh, yeah. uh, Steel, the the guy who played Steel, uh, yeah. passed away like two days ago. I was yeah. like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. And it was during that week where I, I learned about his crazy backstory, his personal life, where he was put up for adoption. Yes. And he became friends with his actual brother and stuff. Yeah. And I saw that, and I and I thought of you. I was like, oh, man. You know, I know. that's sad. We were just talking about him. 
I know. And, and, and everyone says he was like the fucking nicest guy in the yeah. world, you know, which it's always the case when the, if the character is an asshole in, <laughs> in the movie, because uh, we, we talked to Mark Ralston, uh, who played Drake in Aliens, and right. uh, and he also played Boggs in, in um, uh, Shawshank Redemption, who's like one of the biggest piece of shit characters in any movie ever. And fucking Mark Ralston couldn't be any more opposite mm. from that, you know? So it's yeah. like, it's always seems like it's like the nicest guys play the, the shittiest characters out there you know yeah so. uh, you know what i i'll say i am a little surprised you didn't put aliens 3 on this uh on this list <laughs> not a fan uh you know well well first off i went with the the, the what what's the 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 rotten tomato on what's the score on that? i think it was below 50 okay all right so i, I capped the the slider out at 20 uh 20 percent <laughs> that's um, amazing dude. i capped this i was like nope not going any higher but uh, to, to alien 3 so i have i have such a a love-hate affair with that movie yeah. with aliens being my favorite movie of all time but i will say this i for the first time watched the assembly cut which is it's it's not technically the director's cut because i think he didn't technically put it together right but it's called the assembly cut because it's based off i guess his notes you know and so okay. it is technically a director's cut and i like the alien 3 assembly cut so much more than what we saw in the theater gotcha okay. and they actually change uh, uh like the alien doesn't come out of a dog it comes out of like a a, a, a cow like a giant, yeah, like a bull thing. So yeah, if I you have the out. the Alien Blu-ray quadrilogy, quadrilogy or whatever, uh, I don't you know, have that set. No. Okay, yeah, check check out the the assembly cut. It's okay. cool. It's cool. cool. But right. before that, please check out Ready to Retro. It, yes. Above all other things. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate that, Corey. Yeah, dude. Anytime, uh, Max. Uh, any other personal plugs or anything? Or I'll just put everything in the show notes. Yeah, just follow us on Instagram. We're mostly on that Ready to, as in the number uh, Retro. Uh, we're on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the good stuff. So just put in Ready to Retro and you'll find us. Yeah, and you, you're not on Facebook really, are you? No, we mostly just stick to Instagram. So Yeah, yep. yeah, same same here. We're, I, I live on Instagram, so yep. fuck, fuck Facebook, man. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys and gals. Again, Max, thank you so much for being so freaking awesome and, and jumping in and doing this and having such an awesome conversation. I hope everybody out there got some got some good uh, recommendations to check out. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll catch you on the dark side, as Zach says, every, every week. So. All right, guys. Catch you later. Max, thank you again, buddy. All right. Thank you. Join the Podcasting After Dark Patreon community to unlock exclusive monthly content like cast interviews and a fan feedback show. Plus, you get every regular episode of Podcasting After Dark completely ad-free. You can also support the show by rating and reviewing us five stars on Apple Podcasts and by recommending us to your friends. Finally, make sure you follow us on Reddit, Instagram, and Facebook for news and updates about future episodes. Just search for Podcasting After Dark. Chris, you really think that the remake of Power Rangers was better than Avengers Endgame? Absolutely, Guys, 100%. What is it wrong is with you? It is way better. No, it's not, dude. It's just dude. way better than... How am I no, even it's related not. to it's, you? it's amazing. I mean, Endgame's Ga not bad, Guys, but, guys. Uh, what, Chelsea? What, Chelsea? We're running out of time for the commercial. Wait, wait. We're recording that right now? That's happening right now? Yes, right now. Oh, my gosh. Well, what do the people need to know? Well, they need to know where to find us. 
Well, they can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, all the regular stuff. And they can follow us on Instagram if they want to see, uh, you know, social media content. Yeah, at Ready to Retro. But they don't even know who we are. Well, I'm Max. And I'm Chris. And I'm Chelsea. And we're Ready to Retro. Are you?